two lot is this year. How has um, the Black Lives Matter movement? So obviously, let me define what I'm saying when I say movement. Movement is obviously what's been happening with us. So we, we can deal with America, but also let's keep it UK in it. But how has the Black Lives Matter movement helped us versus the organization? Now, the organization is actually a black, you know, it's called Black Lives Matter. It's um, set up by these three women. I don't know their names off head, but it's three black women. Um, two of them are married, um, who are big fans and big, you know, promoters of the LGBTQI. Um, you know, it's in, in institution and whatnot. And yeah, but we're going to get into that in a minute. But how was the Black Lives Matter movement versus the organization served us as black people? Um, I think Vicky, Vicky, you go first, innit? So in regards to the, the movement, I would say supported black people, just, I guess, in regards to there being a statement that's been repeated over and over again over time. And I think it's obviously with everything that's happened with George Floyd, and I think even the fact that people haven't been so distracted because of the lockdown, so it's kind of in a, people's faces a lot more than it usually would be when people are going about their day-to-day. -day. I think it's raised awareness, and so it has kind of made it a little bit more harder for, I guess, other races or organisations and stuff to just ignore what's actually happening and what's been happening for a long time. Mm. In regards to the organisation, I have been like reading more into where it comes from and what's behind it. And so it has kind of changed, I guess, my understanding of it because I feel like to some degree it's not, it's, it's not being promoted in a very transparent way. You know, mm. everyone just assumes the Black Lives Matter organisation is behind solely the movement in the essence of racism, discrimination and the stop, you know, police brutality, the idea of stop killing black people. Those are the things that are pushed to the forefront. But I think when I started to kind of research a little bit more into the actual organisation itself, it's mm. not just about that. So even when I was seeing tweets and things that people were posting saying, you know, um, you can't be um, not for LGBTQ and Black Lives Matter. And I kept thinking, what's the correlation? I do understand that people will sometimes say like, you know, I I've had people who are gay or in particular a person who was gay and they were like, you know, I understand what racism is because being gay and I was like, it's not the same thing. <laughs> you, they, I'm spotted a mile off. No one just spots that you're gay. But from a distance, it's evident I'm black, right? So the discrimination differs in some way. Um, but yeah, so in regards to the movement, I kept thinking like, there's so many people thinking this way because I've only ever had one or two people say that to me over time. And I've always thought to myself, where's the correlation? I get it, they're both injustices, but it's not the same, you know? So mm. I think it would be different if somebody with, a, with like a physical disability said something along those lines because it's something you can see whereas in the idea of being gay that's something that you have to tell me you're gay for me to know that or you're lesbians or you're trans or you know you're gender fluid like I, I'm not just going to see that off of looking at you so um yeah so I feel like my understanding of why that statement kept being made became more apparent when I started to understand a bit more about the organization itself mm. Okay, I'll see you. If you was to touch yeah. a little bit more on the organisation itself, what, what, what would you say you found? 
from because so I'm being like light footed around it at the minute because I don't want to make any bold statements. <laughs> I'm not 100, percent but from what I've seen so far, it is heavily about LGBTQ. Like it's heavily about. Um, I know it's run by women who, and and it's more so about the LGBTQ community. Mm. Um, and I think I saw a term that was used recently. It was called. Um, it basically collaborated the idea of. Um, I think it was like gender phobia, but it's basically about black women more so than I did see it being about the black race overall. But that's just from what I've gauged so far and the information I've collected. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I think with the organization, same thing from what I've read, it's mainly focused about um, black women, you know, the LGBTQ um, T, um, industry as well, and just, um, say organization and also mainly more about single mothers they really have made it clear that they're not for the typical um as you would quote judeo-christian family which is basically a heterosexual family of male, male and female with you know children and whatnot they, they've clearly said they're there to actually get rid of any they, they use the term cisgender but cisgender is basically people that don't associate themselves with um, you know, uh, um, gay or lesbian, if you're just basically a normal person, well, see, even when you say normal, you can get misconstrued, but basically a, a male or female, heterosexual male or female. That's what a cisgender means, isn't it? So when you see some people say cisgender, it just basically means that. So um, they're trying to say they're trying to eradicate that, which is, for me, um, in terms of how it served us, I feel like the movement, again, um, like, like I said before, we've had marches, we have protests, it has definitely raised a big question of, of race, especially in this country as well, again. And um, people are now starting to realise, you know what, um, all lives don't matter. <laughs> you know the ones there, fam? Like, all lives don't matter. And you can sit on the fence about what you're thinking and obviously how you feel as a white person. But now it's like this movement has actually made people, white people actually speak out. So if you was quiet... I remember there was quotes going around saying, if you're silent, your silence is complicit with racism, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, what, what do you think, Aaron? Uh, what's your views on obviously how the movement has helped versus obviously the Black Lives Matter organisation? Has it benefited us? Probably in ways that we probably haven't yet to see. Um, you know, there's been a lot of coverage on, you know, as I said, you know, the banks you know, being a, a, apologetic about uh, their involvement in the slave, the slave trade. We've also had, you know, certain royal families, like the German royal family, talking about, you know, how disgusted they are. Um, so, yeah, I think also we've got, you know, uh, Swiss, the UK rapper, and I, I don't know if it's just his movement. I think there's probably a, a whole heap of other people who are involved. That have come together to come together to to, to present the uh, black, black power. Yeah. So there's definitely benefits. It's freezing. Yo, problems are never uh, going to be one solution. Essentially, so um, yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, it just keeps it just keeps freezing at times, isn't it? And then cuts okay, in. Yeah, so I would say I'm just going to move 
mm. where I am. But I'll, I'll continue speaking anyway. Mm. I've got full bars, so I don't, you know, I don't understand why it's at this part. Yeah, so yeah, there's a benefit. Of course there's a benefit. We can't, we can't, um, we can't go on like there's no benefit at all. It's made that we want an ideal for each individual family or person that has uh, been involved in, you know, any sort of racism, individual racism, because I think that we deal with that. Also, you've got the systemic racism, which is obviously a system thing that is is beyond the average person. Mm. You, can you not hear me and see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah can hear you. Yeah, yeah. carry on. So, mm. what I would say is, yeah, we have benefited, but have we benefited to it being at the level that we want it at? No, because there's, there's so much to do. Because we're talking about four to five hundred years now of systemic racism and individual racism. And it's not mm. just something that's going to be able to, to break down overnight because we've teared down a few statues or individuals have teared down a few statues. The ultimate uh, successfulness of the march, yes, it's highlighted things. And as you said, Vicky, um, people not going to work. The whole COVID-19 has given people no choice but to look at this. And um, it's come at the right time. In the sense of um, people that are, what do you call it, LBG, uh, you know, forgive me for those that are that way inclined, but I, I, don't, I don't follow that, so I don't know the, the correct terminology of... The LGBTQ, LGBTQIA+. All right, there's a lot going on there, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it, when it comes to that, they're going to jump on any movement that is possible, mm. um, you know, because, you know, there's being racially profiled and then within your own race being profiled for being a certain way. So they're just going to jump on anything. That's just what people do. You know, you try to bend things or you try to... Uh, connect with things to serve your own purpose. And I think that's, a, I think that's just a, a natural thing that people do now. I'm not saying it's always been like that, but I think that's a natural thing that people do now. So that's something that you've got to either ignore or embrace, or you've got to set very, you know, uh, defined lines between this is for uh, racial equalities and, um, and systemic racism. And this is nothing to do with people, you know, when it comes to people, what gender you want to be or who you choose to sleep with or who you choose to marry. That's something completely different. So uh, I think us as, as, a, as, a, as a movement, we either need to define what we're doing. And more than anything, more than anything, and I know it sounds like I've gone all over the place, but we need to understand what we're asking for as well. And I think that, it's important. Most people don't actually know what we're asking for. We understand that, you know, George Floyd has, uh, you know, he got he got murdered, um, even though it hasn't been. I don't think the guy's actually been trialed yet for it. But no, yeah. Um, from what how, how it looks, it looks like he's been murdered, and I think that um, 
I think, yeah, like, it, that's, that's been going on. It happens in the UK, it happens in America, it happens all around the world, it even happens in African countries where uh, we have taken on the slave master, uh, the slave master's role on, you know, disciplining ourselves in that way. So I think this is a, a bigger issue than we actually think. But going back and bringing it back to the question, yeah, we have benefited. You know, mm. we have benefited. White people are starting to look at themselves a little bit more. Um, and they don't have a choice because essentially they know that they buy into black people's culture. Um, if it's not rap and hip hop, it's, it's, it's soul music. It's, uh, it's jazz. It's fashion. Um, Our food as well. Uh, the way that we choose to eat. Um, the way we choose to walk. The way we choose to talk. Um, and also sometimes for some, some, some races, it's a prize to have a black man or a black female by your side to have a child with. So, you know, that's a whole different kind of ball game. But, yeah. So that's kind of my views on it. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, with what you said there was um, what are we asking for? And I feel like before we get onto that, because I do want to talk about that, I feel with the, definitely we have, in, we have um, with the BLM movement, we have actually benefited with the amount of things that have sprung off, like off it from the actual protests. I mean, the protest, to be honest, for me, that's just like, I, I'm not protesting. I'm not going to march. Um, my protest for me is just establishing more black wealth within the black community amongst, people, amongst my peers, isn't it? Amongst people that are willing to do that. Because, again, I've been here before and I was here with Trayvon Martin when they killed Trayvon Martin back in 2012. I was there with Mike Brown. Yeah. So it's not nothing new. And obviously, again, like you're saying, everyone's been at home, isn't it, due to coronavirus. So essentially, um, you ain't got a choice but to, yeah, to pay attention. But for me now, I just feel like, right, I just feel like we've heard this before, we've seen this before. Now, what are we doing? Because when you look at the actual Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, uh, an organisation, they're not, I don't think they're on the same path as the actual Black movement, especially in this country. You know, they're definitely making it a, a gender thing, a sexual thing as well, in terms of, you know, male and female. And I feel there's going to be a lot of discord once that actually does get unveiled in it. And I feel like we need to kind of just move away from that and understand that, yes, the, the, the hashtag Black Lives Matter, it does mean something, can it? But essentially the organization, how much do they contribute towards that? I don't really know. I don't think it does have a positive impact, especially for men like myself, who are um, heterosexual, because there is a, an, uh, um, an exclusion with us in that entire in their actual program and they're very smart on how they do it on their website they show you the stuff that you want to see so they show you all the george flair stuff trayvon stuff the stuff about black people and whatnot and obviously they show you stuff about equality but when you keep scrolling down they really go deep into this whole you know um, um what they claim to be you know uh, a disadvantage of black females and whatnot inside society which is true but then they also say they're not for heterosexual men and they believe that you know that whole entire, you know, term should be disfigured, you know, dis dis disintegrated and it should just be removed. But cool. For me, just to make it clear, I'm not against gays. I'm not against any trans or whatever. But one thing I do see is black trans and black gays get treated the exact same way. 
you know, that officer didn't say to George Floyd, oh, are you gay or are you trans or are you, do you know where I'm coming from? Are you Christian or are you Muslim? He just put his foot in his neck because he saw a black man or whatever he saw from his white supremacist mindset. He saw a black person. And I feel like um, that's what we need to focus on. So mm. what are we asking for? So well, sorry, just, for- just on, yeah, on well, that matter as well, one of the things that I do think is, has it been a case of there was an LGBTQ group out there already pushing for um, pushing for equality in their own area, in, in that area of aspect of how they're treated in society and, and in the community? And then obviously is there this massive focus on how black people who are LGBTQ are then treated? And then there's this whole issue of also black lives and black lives matter because of how black people overall are treated. So I think just in trying to like, um, I guess try to, trying to like empathize on, on what level this this is how it's kind of come to where it is now and the two points that are kind of being raised here because yes there are different arguments in one way but i could see also how for example being ugandan in uganda it is a crime to be gay like they will kill you and it's mm. abiding by the law if you get murdered and you're gay no one's gonna come and discipline those people that that have done that because it'll be like well okay you're gay and that's against the law so for the government in Uganda to be so outrightly against it like outspokenly against it and just in trying to think if I was a like well, I'm a black person but if I was gay um sorry if I was lesbian or if I was trans or if I didn't want to identify in any gender what would that then mean for me you know and I think it it reminds me of also the whole colorist thing. And obviously, I guess I don't want to go too deep into those two topics because, again, it's kind of moving away from the overall matter of Black Lives Matter. But I think, has it been maybe something that's kind of grown from this space of people who are already being treated unequally by whether it be people from their race and also other races to then looking at it, well, you know, being a Black person and being in a Black family, if you're gay, you know, it's frowned upon if you're a lesbian, it's frowned upon and stuff like that. So maybe that emphasis there has kind of derived from that point, if that makes sense. I mean, you, it could be true. That is a point. From what, from what I know, is that I know that it was funded, it's funded by George Soros. He's a Democrat um, um, leader inside in America, also a billionaire as well, um, who's a white guy. And I'd, wait, wait, can, I'd, we, can, can I just can I just cut in? Yeah. Uh, so you said it, it's funded. It's mm-hmm. funded. So obviously, maybe um maybe I don't know enough about uh, the politics. I've heard this 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 uh, this name before in and around this situation, um, and we say we're saying that he's he he's funded it. Yeah. How do we prove someone's funded something? Um, I know this sounds mad, but like you say, someone funded what? Funded what? Did they fund a march? What? What is it they've actually funded? So the organization, from what I saw on their site, is a non-profit organization, and essentially what he funds is the infrastructure of Black Lives Matter. So yeah, the website, um, their platform, obviously to organize some of these marches and some of these. Um, um, these campaigns they've got on their website. So for example, they may have like fundraisers or certain little events to help raise money for this so-called cause that they're trying to push in it. Okay, because I haven't seen I haven't seen any fundraisers. Um 
I haven't yeah. seen any fundraisers. If we're saying that he's he has funded, you mean, so when you say you funded something, it means you've taken money out of your pocket and you've you've given hey, something over. Yeah. So, so where where's this fourteen million? Where's it at? Because I'm trying to figure out where. You see, this this is a problem. So on their website, they have got a, uh, a a a donate button that basically allows you to donate to Black Lives Matter. Now, in their description, they have a another company called Ask to Blue Peace or something like that. Or I, I could be wrong in what I'm saying, so don't quote me on that. But it's Ask. It begins with an A. That's some company that basically takes the funding. Now, when you go deeper into who that company is, they're another charity and. That charity then goes into another charity to where the money goes. But he's actually come out himself, George Soros, and said that. Um, I'll try and get some information and obviously probably post. So he said that he's funded it, but we don't understand what he's funded. Or are we saying that he's just made a GoFundMe kind of page and and and, and that's why he's the head of uh, what's going on? I don't know if he's the head of it. Obviously, from what he's saying, is basically... This is the problem. Because so, I've heard this theory before, really. But obviously, I've never, I've never managed to ask somebody, what has he actually done? I'm not saying he hasn't done anything. I'm just saying, what is it that he supposedly have done to fund something? If I fund you on your business, that means I'm giving money over. And you should be able to identify the money I've given and be able to speak on that. But I think that we've got this theory that he's funded something, but nobody actually knows what he's funded. Where's the money? If we're saying 14 million, he's put 14 million out of his own pocket into it. Mm. Well, where's that money? What have we done with that money? Well, the only way to see that is to see bank statements and to see, obviously, No, it doesn't even need to be bank statements. It's people that are part of the organisation will say, he funded 14 million and this is what we've done with it. Uh, we're not saying 14 million can change everybody's lives, but it's, it's a considerable but amount see, of money. But this, this is the, this is what this is what brings it to question again because again, from what I can see on their website, there isn't no, they have a headquarters. Um, from what I suppose, look, let me see if I can go on there now. They have a headquarters, but basically they have a headquarters in that. But again, no one can identify a specific agenda from these people besides what they put on their actual website. So in terms of the actual physical infrastructure, like you're saying. So if I, if I fund you and there's ATM headquarters and there's ATM offices and there's ATM, do you see what I'm coming from? You're able to then say, right, this is what I've put into it. I'll put into logistics, I'll put into, I know with a lot of the marches, they are, they are funded in a sense of, so they do pay certain people to come out and, and, and march with them, certain celebrities. They do pay for, you know, banners to be done. They do pay for printing of the t-shirts, merchandise and stuff like that. So maybe you could be funding it that way, but they, they are getting a hell of a hell of a hell of a lot of donations right now towards their movement. And this is the this is a shady thing because you went to say about Barclays and Lloyd's supposedly talking about giving back reparations. Now some of them have said they want to fund the Black Lives Matter movement, but they're going to the organization. Now, prior to them saying that, if we ain't seen no money. Like, if our communities haven't seen any money... But what are we raising? What are they raising money for? I'm trying to understand what, what the actual purpose so of one of, their, one, of their, one of their main aims is to defund the police. They want to pass a law to actually de... Which I believe is stupid. And I'll explain my reasons why. They want to defund the police, right? Um, they have claimed to fight for other laws that involve, you know, police not using um, 
certain firearms or arresting people for certain charges. So, for example, with that Brianna Taylor um, case, the heard Brianna Taylor's lawyers had filed for a um, uh, for the actual um, for the law for police to knock on your door, and if you don't answer, kick off your door and basically go and use force. So her lawyers have got that banned in that specific district or, or area. Now with Black Lives Matter, again, defunding the police, um, some of the other stuff is obviously to go into, I know there was a thing where they had, um, I don't know if it's a eugenics program, but they were trying to help um, women have more of an option and choice when it comes to abortion and stuff like that and birth control. So it's a very, it's a very, very hazy one. And I feel like, I'm gonna do a part. So two. the actual funding is not the funding is not anything that is gonna break down systemic racism or to break down the infrastructure that, which is the same thing, the infrastructure of why we are consistently oppressed because it's an infrastructure. It's not individual. Yep. I think we've right. got past the stage of there's white people that don't like black people, and we can probably accept that. Um, we can accept that in the sense that we shouldn't have to accept it, but it's like if a guy calls me something ba uh, or cusses me based on my race, I've got two options. I can give him a slap or I can just walk away and be like, you ain't got no sense. Do you get what I'm saying? So we can deal with that, innit? I think it's a systemic racism. So if we're saying that all these things are happening and fundraising's happening and all the rest of it, I think the biggest issue that we're going to have with that is that uh, who's to say where the money goes and how is the money being uh, pushed into into the community in the right ways so that we are not at the bottom of the barrel and we actually have a chance in uh, being as a race a lot more successful because we're not unsuccessful we're not unsuccessful at all but we are definitely we definitely have to start a lot lower down the down the uh, down the barrel than the average uh, counterpart, you know, counterpart. It could be Asian, it could be white, it could be whatever the case may be. Um, That's why I feel like you're right in terms of the big question is what are we asking for? Because I think even just on what we're t we were touching on earlier and all the different things that can kind of come underneath it in regards to, okay, other issues that black people are facing, if the overall agenda is Black Lives Matter, you kind of do have some people pushing for black people who, are, who fall into LGBTQ. You've got black people pushing um, for or who have been affected by colorism. So like in terms of people that are battling like the media are in, in the way in which black people are portrayed. You've got other people that are pushing more towards, um, let's say like job opportunities. So like bank loans, stuff like that. So there's all these different areas and I think there isn't and I think this is something I have heard come up before but there isn't clear leadership on what's happening and I think the lack of transparency I don't know whether maybe I've just not dug deep enough but it doesn't feel like there's clear transparency and a clear aim and goal that it's like okay this is what we're doing and this is what we're pushing towards it sounds like there's all these other arguments coming underneath so another yeah. thing that I remember being mentioned was about um, and, and I kept seeing this underneath posts regarding police brutality was um, people like, you know, well, everyone's talking about the black men that have been killed and no one's talking about the black women. One second, we're talking about black people being killed, full stop. We're talking about police brutality, full stop. Let's not create these micro 
and, and it's not micro in a way, but it is in a sense of you're creating arguments under arguments. So at what point are you going to deal with the first issue? And I kind of feel like to some degree, that's what's been happening. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what tends to happen. Yeah, people are building shelves upon shelves with different kind of, it's like it's, it, it, segments, essentially. People are breaking yeah. down one major issue into so many segments. So if you, if you are a lesbian, bi or gay, that's probably as best as I'm going to get people. Um, um, or if you are, you know, if it's a, if it's a, uh, a colour thing, I think everybody, or if it's a man against a woman thing, I think that that's, people break down segments because what they're trying to do is, is they are trying to associate themselves on a matter that is bigger than their matter. So it's like, it's like me, it's like me setting up a business and then I can see that your business is going to be bigger than mine. And I turn around and go, actually, let's, let's link up and let's do business together because it's kind of similar. Our businesses are kind of similar, so we might as well win it. But that's only because I projected that your business is going to be a lot bigger than mine. And I think that there's people just do that. People always try to jump on board on, uh, on something that is projected or is seen or deemed much bigger than whatever's going on for them. Um, so if we're going to keep this very much Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, I think, me personally, uh, have we benefited? There's every benefit under the sun, even though there's small steps. Um, if we're talking about um, individual or systemic racism, I'd rather deal with individual racism. Uh, uh, I, can, I can deal with somebody in my face. That's my choice if I choose to react or not react. Systemic racism, and I think this is the problem. I think that most people don't actually understand what systemic racism is. Systemic yeah. racism is, 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 you know, when so that, that word gets thrown out or systematic, however people choose to say it, uh, systematic racism or systemic racism. Um, and I think that once we, once we can educate people on what systemic racism is, I think that people will understand that they've actually been part of a system that is racist towards them without them actually knowing. Now, I've met many black people in, 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 in my time and certain family members that would say, oh, racism doesn't exist. And maybe they were too young at the time to understand. Um, and I've met, and I would, I've met white people that would turn around and say, well, racism doesn't really exist, or I don't see color. Um, you might not see color as an individual. You might have not dealt with racism as an individual on an individual basis of someone saying you this or you that or you black this. Do you understand? But systemic racism is the belly. It's the that's the foundation. That's the that's the that's the uh, foundation to keep the house up. So that's what we've got to be tackling. So for me, if we're gonna say what are we asking for, my answer to that is to break down systemic racism or systematic racism, however you choose to say it. Um, that's key for me, um, and and educating people on what that actually is and how that actually exists in everyday lifestyle. Uh, like for instance we know for a fact uh, if you have an African last name and you apply for a job you are probably and it's and it's a very much white based company I know people that work in banking cyber uh, security all kind, and they earn quite a lot of money and they'll tell you themselves it tends to be one in and one out 
or a handful in, a handful out. It never ever grows. You look at the banking system, it doesn't grow with loads of black people or, or we would say ethnic min minorities. It doesn't grow. What it does is, is you'll let five in and they'll let five out. That's systemic racism. Yeah. That's not an individual thing. Do you understand? Because that's mm. not what they want their company's face to look like. Mm. Do you understand? Systemic racism is also the media. Uh, a great example, I'll give, you, I'll give everyone a great example. Um, when a black child, because any, any child, it doesn't matter skin, skin colour, most people might think I'm mixed race and I'm not. Um, um, it doesn't matter if you're Jesse's colour, your colour, um, Let's, let's use me, for instance. If I become successful in sports, they will say, they will instantly, at some point, want to portray, if my mum was white, or my dad was white, to portray that I actually have um, half and half. Now, if I went out and stabbed somebody and killed them, they call me a black gangster, or a IC free. So if you notice, they have dismissed the white side of my side, white side of the family. Mm. So I'm not a mixed race child that stabbed somebody. I am a black child. I am an IC free. I am a black gang member. Mm. But it doesn't work out when it's successful. So when it's successful, you you notice it all the time. There's sportsmen, there's sports people across the world that are of mixed heritage, and they always make sure that we understand that they come from a mixed heritage family. That's mm. systemic racism. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. the media I, I, does. The media portrays it all the time. I, I get that. I get that from a point of obviously when you look at people like like the only the only sports person or celebrity that I thought that wasn't mixed race was Lewis Hamilton. I didn't actually think Lewis Hamilton was mixed race until they, yeah, they went into kind of, obviously, you know, his mother, I think his mum is white, isn't it? And I think his dad's um, black, if I'm correct, yeah. So, um, and he, he, you know, lately he's been going quite hard at the F1 because um, at Formula Racing Car, I don't know if you know, um, <clears throat> America's got their version called NASCAR and the NASCAR black drivers, or the driver, I should say, I think there's only one, he's been getting nooses left inside his um his garage in it. So you know when he goes to get his car before he gets on the race, there's nooses that have been found left there, innit? it? For those of you yeah. who don't know what nooses is, the nooses basically what they used to hang black people with back in the slave days. And it just kind of gets back to when we're talking about systematic racism racism. No, but that's individual. That's individual racism. Yeah, that, that's, that's the not, difference. That's no, individual no. racism. That's individual racism based on a systematic mindset. So essentially, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's still individual. So individual, we can, we can probably live with that. Like he's still. Like I'm not saying that he should have to go through that because he shouldn't. There's no way he should go through that. But he's still gonna get paid. He's still gonna drive. He's still gonna perform. Yes. So that's that is individual racism. Yes, it's a liberties. Yes, we shouldn't have to put up with it. Yes, it's not right. Systemic racism is the fact that there is only one black NASA driver. That's systemic racism. It's the but same it, way it, that it, we it. price a lot of mm. good sportsmen out of sports because we tend to come from a demographic that are uh, uh, from hardship, that have come from um, poorer backgrounds, poverty-driven backgrounds. 
And then most people will say, oh, it's because black people are lazy. Uh, that is a systemic, that is a systemic remark. What a white supremacist mindset. It's a mindset of all yeah, yeah. So we've got, under, we've got to understand that, that. It's like I always say, you know, I don't, I don't want to, obviously, you know me, sometimes I go a little bit left and um, I try and round it back. But even if you look at, I've had, like, I've spoken to a white man and a white, white man and woman about this before. And they say, and I say to them all the time, we went through slavery for 400 years. Black people went through slavery for 400 years. And then there was 100 years of segregation where we couldn't get on buses. We weren't allowed in the swimming pools. We weren't allowed to drink from the same fountains as them. So let me ask you this question. Who was hiring us? I asked what? you both this question. Who was hiring us? Black people. No one. No one. Mm. No one. Well, if we weren't allowed to drink out of the same fountains and we weren't allowed to, to, to uh, uh, get in the swimming pool or sit on the, uh, at the same position in the bus mm. as them, do you think they were hiring us? They weren't hiring us. So that's the reason why we have to start from the bottom. And then when we did choose to gather up our own people and build our own communities, they broke it down because they realized that we were able to do things individually for ourselves. So it's the same way when you look at Asians, Jewish, and uh, does it fall under Indians, fall under Asians as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Indians right, and Chinese. So you've got yeah. Chinese, Asians, oh. and then you've got Indian, Asians. That's the same, yeah? Am, yeah. I, am I politically correct, or am I... So it's Pan-Asian and then Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so if you look at if you look at that community, they built up because they came at a later stage. They built up. You never ever hear, you very rarely hear Jewish people upset about their current um, position, or Chinese people about their current position, or Indian people about their current position, because they have come together and did what we did years ago. Problem is, is why did we get broken down at the time we got broken down? Is because they wouldn't, the, the, the UK and America wouldn't be able to stomach, stomach it at that point because they need to integrate us now because it works out beneficial for them because essentially they don't want to do half the jobs that we would do. Are, are, you, are you with me? No, I'm with you. I feel like obviously we've gone into, we've gone into now obviously the basis of, um, you know, systematic racism and obviously the race that we was not even the racism um, the the mess that we've been put into and obviously made to try and survive i feel like that could be yeah i just was i just wanted to a little bit of history on it so people understand what systemic racism is and that's only like much more but that's my answer that if we're so, asking for something it uh, needs to be a change within the system individual racism won't Individual racism won't be individual racism would not be able to survive without systemic racism. So we need to deal with the root and the core of the problem, and that's systemic racism. It's just that I don't feel like you can change the system without changing the individuals that are running the system. So I feel like the two cross over because even if you're putting these things into place to say X, Y, Z and the other, that might not be changing how these people are being treated in the workplace. Mm. If you come to work and I make it near enough, and we know it happens now, it's not something that could mm -hmm. go on to happen, it's happening. If you come to work and you're made to feel 
uncomfortable, stupid workloads put on you, unrealistic expectations. The reality is, is at some point, I'm going to keep pushing you till you break because as an individual in this company, I don't believe you should be here. Right. So let me ask you this question. Does that happen already? Yeah, but that's my point. Is it already happens? Right. So It does happen. And do people stay in their jobs? Some people. A lot of people tend to stay in their jobs because we live in a financial world. So we're not but saying again, that. We're not saying it's okay. For what sacrifice? Yeah, but when they're saying it's okay, we, we deal with that on an everyday basis. We walk down the street. If I walk down the street with my hat on, uh, my beard uh, a little bit uh, as fuzzy as it is, I'm going to get looked at. If I, I've been in restaurants that I go into and I've been looked at in a, in a, in, 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 in a manner. Do you remember when we went um, a couple of years, it was about maybe seven years back when we went into, what was it, Mayfair? Mm. Was it Mayfair? We went out to eat. Do you remember oh. the, the, the it was and yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. restaurant went quiet? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was May. It was um that was Mayfair. Yeah, that was Mayfair. The whole I can't even remember the name of the restaurant. The whole restaurant yeah. went quiet, but we got on with it. We still ate. We still spent our money, and we still left. So what I'm saying is, is I'm not saying that we need to ignore individual racism. And yes, it does cross over, but we're dealing with that anyway. I, I think. I think. I think. I think. We're, we're, we're dealing with both, man. We, I don't think we can even separate the two. Because essentially, right now, it's so tight-knit. You see where I'm coming from? That I think we have to fight both wars on both ends. So, like, you see, like, when everyone, everyone was telling me, oh, bro, like, like, you know, man should be out there protesting or man should be at these statues and that. I'm like, you know what? Take the statues down, protest. But at the same time, let's deal with the the Black Pound Day by Swiss, let's actually start building. I think, I think the war has got to be fought on all corners because it's so peak right now. Like right yeah. now, this is what I'm coming from. Like right now, like what you're saying, the individual racism can happen from a police officer. Mm-hmm. But then he might have the authority to make it systematic by arresting you and then putting you in jail. Whereas your next door neighbor may not have that authority just yet until the police show up. So it's individual racism. So it's like, I feel like we got an attack on all ends. And when I mean attack, before anyone tries to make me trend before I get on tonight, or, you know, misconstrued my words. They, when I mean attack, I mean in a sense of stop crying and playing victim and being on this whole, you know, we want this and we want that. I feel like, again, the marching thing for me is pointless because... The marching doesn't get us anywhere besides awareness. Now we've got the awareness. Like right now, look at it right now. This is what six weeks probably since George Floyd has been killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you still can you still say that all of us have the same energy? I mean, I know I do. I know you two probably do as well. And there may be a few people that are out there still practicing, you know, or still doing the same thing. But can you reckon that the majority still have the same energy? They don't, because you know why? There's been 16 deaths after George Floyd. Not the same response. And it's even been worse. Some of them have been lynched. Mm. Feel me? So I feel like, I feel like one, we've got to disassociate ourselves from the actual Black Lives Matter organisation because, as you can clearly see, they haven't benefited us in any way, shape or form besides awareness. Yes, they've got people talking and whatnot, but the, the issue we're having right now is the same issue we're going to have with civil rights, is that it's going to get hijacked. Civil rights was a black person's thing. Yeah, for the for the so-called black man, African American in America, when 
they realised that, right, this bill was actually going to get passed. The gays jumped on it, the immigrants jumped on it as well. And then before you know it, right now, it doesn't actually apply to any black person like that. In fact, it's used against them because now a Hispanic person like George Zimmerman can shoot and kill a black man like Trayvon yeah, Martin. I, wanna, I, wanna, I just want to interject. The word immigrant, for some reason, really does touch me. I don't, mm. I don't feel the word immigrant even exists. I know, you, I don't know you're... Immigrant. you know what I mean? Immigrant, like someone's an immigrant. I just want to interject their sermon. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean with that. Obviously, we're going to talk about those stuff on the next couple more episodes because I want to talk about the actual belly of systematic racism. Because again, you know, right now, if we go back to these statues and you look at these statues that are being taken down, and you're looking at all these, obviously, conversations that are happening. Yes, there is a lot of stuff that are, I personally feel is a bit kind of like, for example, this, um, I think Little Britain, the character that did Little Britain, um, he did a blackface of um, one lady, so, I think how many years ago, and basically, you know, everyone was cussing the same rod, you know, and he, he basically, they just came out of nowhere and just removed it quickly. Now, some people were cussing and saying, oh, why are you doing it? Like, it's not that deep. And some people were saying it isn't. But obviously, what I'm starting to see now is that companies are thinking, you know what? We don't want the smoke. So let's dig and do the digging ourselves. Find anything that we feel is racist that they're going to complain about and just bring it out. Now, the only good thing about that is that you get to them see them being racist. The bad thing about that is have they learned from that situation? And I feel like when you say what we want, what do we want? What do we actually want? When we're talking about systematic racism, how can we deconstruct systematic racism right now today? in 2020 what's the start i do think to be honest that with what's happening at the minute i'm not totally against it in regards to well actually i'm not against it in regards to people tackling it in those sort of subsectors that are mm. like coming up and appearing because i feel like it is a massive matter it's a big issue and therefore there's not really just going to be one way to tackle it do you get what mm. i mean mm. like i personally myself didn't protest for my own personal reasons however it is good that people are out there raising awareness. You're getting somebody's attention. Do you get what I mean? But I think my frustration lies so solely in the fact that when we talk about systematic racism, for example, the system is built up in this way. These people are not... The people that are setting the systems and putting them in place are not not aware of what they're doing. Do you get what I mean? Like there's yeah, purpose behind it. They're not yeah. unclear about what's happening and why. And for some people, I guess that not necessarily the people that are putting these things in place, but that fall under that, it's just been easier. If my life isn't disrupted by the way the world is, why do I want things to change? Do you get what I mean? And I think, for example, the blowout with, the, with George Floyd and the protests and the media and people kind of really back, like going on and on and on about black lives and racial inequality and people speaking up more is that, you know, it's made a few people a bit uncomfortable to the point where they're like, I can't keep just not talking about this. So I'm going to have to do something. And I think, guess is that, as Aaron was saying, movement's movement. So I'm not mad about it, but I do feel like there needs to be some clearer guidance. But I just think at the minute, everyone's scrambling to do what they can. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Because I think if you can make those changes in whichever area that you can, good. Do you know what I mean? Something's being done, some changes happening. But the system on it overall, we're all very clear the system is built up a particular way for a particular reason. And, and my frustration is what can we do to then get to, to make those people change 
things we can we can kind of get the little things changed and you know the things that will make it look like things are happening and things are moving and things are appearing to be a bit better but what real changes can be made to those people who are putting these things in place and are doing it for a reason um i definitely think money's one thing so like the yeah. whole um the economy is definitely the the, yeah. the financial financial uh you know the, the, dealing with things on a financial level is definitely gonna make a massive impact um so shout out to swiss for doing that because that's and 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 the team because I, I'm, I'm sure that it was it weren't just him um i think that's i think that's a, a great way but we also got to be very aware of of what what's being done there so for instance if i buy from you and you buy from someone else and then that somebody else goes and buys gucci or louis vuitton that means our money only stayed in our within our community for a very short while we need to make sure that we stay within our community same way Chinese people um, and, and Indians tend to keep things within their, their, um, their community. Um, and there's, other, there's, other, there's also other communities that are very much like that too. Sorry, can and I just try their best as well? Just on what you just said, you've made so much, like you made a lot of sense because I feel like these other cultures that you're talking about in terms of they kept the money within their own they've stuck solid, hardly to their, like really hard to their culture. So for example, Asian people tend to wear traditional wear. You know, they've all got their own traditional wear. So who are they buying it from? People who are making their clothes. The people that are making their clothes tend to be people who are of the same ethnicity of them. You know, in terms of where materials are coming from, we know back home, we've got this traditional material. You do see some like black people who do do it, I guess for occasional wear, but it's kept as, very much occasional do you get what i mean and it's only mm. now starting to become a trend where people are wanting to do traditional weddings and it's a thing and so money is getting put back but i think there's a lot of culture that's been stripped from black people that black people have allowed themselves to be stripped from the culture has been rebuilt up for people to believe that your culture in hip-hop is name brands like gucci louis vuitton prada cars etc this is that and the other and so that being the new culture, I feel like that's where the money's easily getting filtered back into those areas, into, into, in a sense, where it's basically leaving the black community yeah, we're over again. We're definitely dislodged when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, and and, and our, our culture is, is, is definitely very, very much materialistic um, based on, obviously, lack of education, of lack of understanding, uh, lack of culture, um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely dislodged when it comes to all of that. And, you know, as much as we say it's our culture now, it's obviously, it's not the original culture. Um, I'm not saying that, I'm not, one thing I'm definitely not saying, I'm not saying that not everybody's going to take, because everybody's going to take part in it at some stage in their life. Um, or, or in some sort of way. So you might not wear Prada, Gucci and whatever the case may be, but you might buy an Audi or you might buy a Volkswagen, or you might buy whatever the case may be, do you understand? So it's something that's very hard to kind of, um, something very hard to kind of run away from consistently, uh, because remember, this system, the, the, the system has been built in this way for many hundreds of years now. Um, but we need to definitely start focusing on trying to keep it within, our, within us, Instead of going out, as I said, I buy something from you, you buy something from someone else and someone else. And then before you know it, it's back. Somebody's going back to Louis Vuitton or Gucci to go and spend, you know, five grand or two grand on 
whatever the case may be. Do you understand? Or 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 or, or Gucci. And I know some people that's going to be watching this are going to say, oh well, Virgil's in in Louis Vuitton, but yeah. that's not where the money's going. That's not where the money's going. He's a designer and he's doing a job. And yes, it's great to be able to see a designer at that height, but the money we're talking about money here, and the money's not circulating back in within the black uh, community. Um, so I think that's one of the definitely one of the keys of dealing with things on a financial level, trying to keep money within us and saying, actually, I am not spending money out of this. But also, more than anything, um, um, yeah, so spinning off of that a little bit is, is us as black people helping one another as well. So as much as we are making uh, headlines and as I said, any movement's better than no movement at all, as long as it's going in the right direction. Um, I think that obviously us helping each other as individuals and as a community as well, because what we do is, is, is we tend to frown amongst ourselves and that shows how uncultured we are and how, un, and how um, non-de-rooted we are to one another. Do you get what I'm saying? So if I've got a business, you know, people should be promoting my business left, right and centre. People should be buying from me left, right and centre. But what we would do is we will dismiss that and go, ah, nah, oh, I know him or I should get discount. I know that's a whole different kind of discussion. But I'm talking about using that as the same thought pattern and using that within what's going on now with the whole finance side of dealing with the whole movement that's here, essentially. I can't say who's created it or who's at the head, but or who's at the helm, but um, that's a very important factor that we need to factor in. I think, obviously, you know what, and I'm probably going to end on this. Um, I feel like definitely solution-wise, Black Wealth, me and Karen have done a few live videos on that as well. Um, And Literally, we're going to talk about that in part two of this because I want to carry on this conversation as well um, with the actual details in working against systematic racism. Because obviously, um, I feel like now is not even only the perfect time because I don't think there is a perfect time, you understand what I mean? But Mm -hmm. essentially, now is a very, very good time to continue on the same energy we had for, you know, the protest and whatnot. To continue that on and obviously spending black like i spend black quite a lot um but there is times where i do find it difficult to get for example like you know if i can get like a black owned car manufacturer or um you know somebody because someone said to me the other day oh there's bare guys there's bare black guys that sell cars and i was like that's cool and you know i could do that but again he's still selling someone else's brand he's still selling other manufacturers his cars just so i'm coming from mm-hmm. so if you're taking it that serious, it then kind of you then kind of think to yourself, well, then that means that's like a black person selling Louis Vuitton or selling. But, but I guess as well, it does loop into that issue that was raised around the fact that obviously black people who answer business loans are less likely and have to provide a lot more evidence and proof towards actually getting that it is true. funded. That is true. I know people personally that have gone through that. I'm gonna say it's like a point. It's the point that Jada Pinkett raised. When she was, I think mean, she was talking about the Oscars, but I think it filters down to other areas in the fact that she was saying, stop asking for things and instead build, like, build up your own. If you keep saying black people ain't getting nominated, 
in these award shows make your own award show <laughs> same same as black television it was like oh there's an issue because you know there's no way it's really streaming or you know like publicizing black people so BET was created and some people were complaining about that like why if white people ever made a white channel that was just for white people and white programs you'd have an issue with that but the joke is that's most channels <laughs> so that's why you don't feel but like but this is but you know why that happens, Vicky? I'll tell you why mm -hmm. that happens, yeah? And I'll tell you the reason why we're in a world of complaining uh, and we complain is because, one, a lack of education, and two, the fact that we tried to follow uh, the Caucasians uh, in, in their blueprint. Like, yeah, yeah. Why, like, we we got to really have it. we got to really say what it is, isn't it? Like, let's put this into perspective. A black person gets rich and famous. How many people does that black pe person help? They don't. So, for instance, I'm, I'm like, we're from poverty-driven areas: Peckham, Brixton, Lewisham. Like, maybe not Lewisham, but yeah, I guess Lewisham's got poverty-driven parts in there. Yeah. New um... Yeah, and. As soon as someone gets uplifted or they make enough money, they cut. They go and live in Chelsea, they go and live in Kent, they go and live in Knightsbridge, they go and live... Just forgot about your community. Yeah. So this is the reason why our communities never rise as well. That's the aspect. We're not saying it's but the total. Some, some, of those people, some of those people feel like staying could be endangering their lives because of the amount of self-hate practice in sorry just life. quickly on that though Jess I don't know if there's a problem with le like okay move whatever you can afford bigger you don't but what we're talking about, self, what we're talking about but at so, the so for same example, time because you were saying obviously those rich people sorry to cut you because you were saying those rich people leave I'm just saying the counter argument mm -hmm. to that is somebody would say raw because obviously they feel like the people the black people in their community hate on them alright that's fine but then my, you can leave but you can help my only, issue, yeah, that's what say. my only issue with that would be is even if you move, you can still do something to improve mm. those areas. And if that's, that's not true. being done, do you get what I mean? Then it's like they're they What happens, what they do is, is they build these, these, unfortunately, and it sounds, sounds, you know, I'm not in a, I'm not in a position of, uh, you know, their kind of riches and their kind of finances. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm nowhere near that position. Yeah. But we get people that become footballers, they become superstars, they have a lot of money. So you look at their net worth and they're worth 20 million, 50 million, 100 million, whatever the case may be, yeah? And what tends to happen is, is yes, as I said, you can move out, but still, have, but still do something. But what they do is they build these little corporations so they can run their taxes through, or they give to charities, organizations, for tax reasons, and say, oh, actually, I've, I've done something. But the problem is, is if you come from the gutter, unfortunately, sometimes you've got to get in the gutter and help. Do you understand? And uplift yeah, yeah. people. You can't uplift everyone, because some people, mm -hmm. yeah, self-hate is definitely, def definitely real within our communities. Yeah. You can't always be able to help absolutely everyone. But it doesn't mean that you don't help, because you're not sure on who to help. Do you understand? Like, you could borrow money to your... Like, unfortunately, we live in such a, a weird society where you could borrow money to your mother and never ever see that back again. You could borrow money to your dad, your brother, your sister, and never see that money back again. 
Yeah. Do you understand? Right. So does that mean you stop giving? Oh, my mm. mum didn't give me. I gave my mum ten grand last year, and, and she said she promised she would give it back, but she didn't give it back. Uh, but now your brother needs money, but you're in the financial position to do so. But you're gonna turn around and go, actually, do you know I'm not gonna give you because I gave mum ten grand last year and I didn't get it back. No, you might give your brother and he might give it back. He might even give it double back. So you don't stop doing because you had a bad experience once, twice, three times. Because what we're doing, not so we shouldn't protect ourselves, but we tend to alter a whole transition of the way that we think. The problem is, is the Indians don't do that. The Indians don't do that. Do you understand? There's a uniform order of what's going on. And you think they don't go through their own little skirmishes and, and, and yeah, issues mm. where they give money to a certain family member and they mess up. Does that mean they stop giving from the, stop giving to the other family members? If anything, they try to still uplift that person. You're in trouble though. You're in, you're in deep water. You're in hot water, but they're still going to try and elevate you. They don't just... And then if it gets two on tops and the person keeps taking, what they do is, is they push them out. The circle still continues. Yeah. They push them out. Yeah. You're, not, you're not part of what's going on here. And we all know the community will talk. Nobody wants that. You know, black people, unfortunately, and not all, we tend to not have no shame. Our shame, our culture is shameless. Because make an Indian or a... Make it, we're going to use Indians, make it Indian and certain African cultures make you do something that is a little bit out of culture. And we're not saying culture is up to date, but there's certain morals and ethics that are deep rooted within these, 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 cultured, these cultures. You do something like that, the whole community talks about it. Nobody wants that shame. So do you know what tends to happen? People don't step out of line that much because they don't want to be deemed as the outcast because they know yeah. if you get passed out of this circle, the rest of the circles ain't going to take you in neither. But with black people, look, 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 for instance, if we talk about, and I shouldn't say black people because I, I'm saying black people based on the conversation, isn't it? Because I'm, mm. I'm, 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 it's like I'm, like I'm not including myself, like I'm not black myself. Do you understand? But let's look at the marches in America. you got women twerking in front of the officers. Yeah, that, That's that, shameless. That, that, that does my head in. Mm. Man, that's shameless. You ain't got no shame. Do you understand? What does that prove to anybody? What you want to show the you want to show the police officers you got a batty? That what does that prove? Doesn't prove anything. So these are the these are the shameless stuff that we tend to do. Do you understand? Can I just say as well? I do think like when they talk when there's talk about community, like the black community, I feel like apart from the fact that we're black and we're either African or Caribbean. There is no community outside of that. <laughs> the whole community, the idea of a community aspect and what a community does with one another, that unity, maybe it's coming back now, but I don't see it much. Do you get what I mean? And I think outside of the colour of our skin, there's no other... What, what are we actually doing collectively to help one another? Where's that community basis? So when I hear yeah. people speak about the black community, it don't resonate the same way my understanding is when people might speak, speak about, let's say an Asian community or do you get what I mean? It's like, it's just not, the, it's not comparative. You know what? The communities are very different. I, I come up in there. I came, like, obviously I, I came up yeah, on a notorious estate in it. And when man, when I grew up, I remember being out, being outside hours on end. And we just knew it was, it was a dangerous estate. 
but we knew we were safe because we knew our neighbours would have us. If there was any issues, they would defend us. The bigger boys would defend us because they knew our mums and knew our dads. And there was that sense of community. You could go out and my, like touching on some old school stuff. Like my old man would be playing music out the window, DJing. All the all of the older boys would be round. You know them. You know the ragged days. You get what I'm saying? They'd be outside. We'd be kicking ball. They're all everyone's looking out for one another. Do you understand? If an outsider comes then they're the outsider. Do you understand? Now, it's not that. We've yeah. taken on a culture of one, shamelessness, but two, there is no... We've got blocks and estates, and the only people that tend to have uh, uh, that tend to have some sort of unity are gangs. Do you understand? And even though they have their own problems amongst them, that is that shows that we can do it, the problem is, is, is our parents and us as when we grow to have to have kids and us as parents, those that are parents, um, need to understand that community is key. So we need to match up and link up with other parents and say, well, do you know what? That's John Jonathan's dad. Oh, oh there's yeah. Jonathan. You see when Jonathan grows up, I know your dad, you know. That don't happen no more. Yeah. That doesn't happen. So this is the reason why we're dislodged from that community base. Do you understand? And what ends up happening is we get scorned at some point and then, because it just takes a black person or a person in society now to get scorned once and then that's it. Their whole transition way of thinking tends to change. Yeah. Sharing, caring, um, uh, standing up for what's right. That mm. disappears because you got scorned one time. Or you, you, or the outcome didn't happen the way that you wanted the outcome to come, to 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 to, to, to be. But we know that unity is definitely a way forward, and gangs are doing it. Yeah, gangs I are, think as well a big place for it to start from as well is I just look at family. I think it starts from there. And I look at my dad. My dad's eighty. Yeah, my dad, what came to his country when he was a bit older, like probably forties. Yeah, probably his forties. I'd say, but he like wholeheartedly maintained all his values and morals that he had back home so things like someone's your family they're your family yeah so okay don't be stupid <laughs> about what they're doing like, don't keep putting yourself in a way of getting hurt but still look out for that person they're your family they're your relative he was big on me understanding the language like on understanding my like my native tongue and stuff like that and it was only i think maybe was it yesterday i had a conversation with my great aunt no She's my great, yeah, she's my great um, sister. She's just my auntie, actually. She's my, yeah, my dad's mum's sister. Yep. And she was crying down the phone because I could understand her and I could speak back to her in bits in my language, but not as fluently. And she was saying to my dad, she's like, what have you done to the kids? Why can't they? It's like they're not one of us anymore. And I did, obviously, we understand, in the UK, obviously, we use English, you know, so unless we're amongst family, we don't really speak like that. But... Mm the pain that she felt simply from the fact that she's like these are our kids they're kids of the family and they don't even talk like us like they don't understand what i understood but my sister didn't fully understand and the upset and pain and the way that i remembered my dad growing up would not speak to me in english he would only speak to me in leganda he was heavy on understand where you come from and that whole culture value and base and he was big on it and my mum was a bit more like adapt because we're in a different country so you know we kind of have to be like them now 
And I feel like in the midst of growing up in a household where I had those two conflicting um, kind of messages and, and points in which direction they wanted me to go in, I found my median happily, that's fine. But then for some of my siblings, they shifted more towards my mum. And then for me, I was more like, I guess, towards my dad, but I was still heavily in the middle in the fact that this is the society I live in today. Now, I'm just thinking about my own, my own one experience, yeah? And when in the idea of becoming very westernised and, you know, not living life like how it might have been lived if we grew up in Uganda, things are very different. And I feel like when with the family base being ripped apart, whether it be through kids being fostered, adopted, drugs, lack of employment, like taking out, let's say what some would call like the head of the house and tearing families apart is how I think a lot of this has happened. And realistically, if you can't do this stuff for your own family in your own home, the likelihood of you understanding that level of love or compassion for your neighbour is becoming more and more difficult. Do you get what I mean? I'm finding kids that, like let's say kids that they'll say like, are adopting gang culture a lot of these kids just don't they don't have a happy situation at home so they're out <laughs> do you get what i mean they're looking for some of these else. kids are more loyal to their friends than their family but back to the whole you know it being a systematic racism and whatnot i feel like yeah. definitely black wealth and black economics i'm going to keep saying that but in part two uh, which I'm going to end on right now, but we're going to get into that on the next episode. I do want to get into the physical side, so things like self-defense, things like actually, you know, knowing your rights. I don't think a lot of people know their rights when it comes to dealing with not only police, but at the workplace as well, um, when you're dealing with um, where you're going to live, because systematic racism happens in, in every area. But again, black people are split up. So if, are we talking about us coming together and saying, Rah, bro, you know what? You rent personally, I rent personally, you rent personally. Can't we all bunch up together in one house? Can't we pick an area and start to say, right, we're going to stay here, we're going to live here, we're going to build it up. Just like the Indians do. You see Indians do all the time. They move into a spot, yeah? A year later, their children are going to university in college and school. Second year later, you see someone working in the police force, in the hospital. The father's got a corner shop. Then next year, the uncle's got the post office. Then three years online, they've got their petrol station. And before you know it, those two children that are working in the police force and in the NHS are now higher up. They have a management or they're part of councils or unions. Try go Southall right now in West London and try and go in there and maybe kill one of their own people. It'll be peak because they own a lot of land there. They own a lot of actual uh, infrastructure in that particular area. And I feel like those are conversations that we need to have to because you start to find that it's not as easy as you think. A lot of people tend to have their own perceptions and whatnot.